really wish you guys could see how horrible it is when I sit down to start recording this podcast because my level of self-hatred specifically just for the intro is at an all-time high and I just like ew I just physically find myself cringing and like wincing in pain every single time so we're gonna take this from the top say it with me hi and welcome back to parked car combos I'm Maddie Mitchell I'm your host today and always because well quite frankly this is my podcast welcome back uh or welcome I think we might have we might have some new people some newbies uh thanks so much for listening and and that's and that's it have a great day guys see you next week I'm kidding uh this week we're doing a little story time episode uh I regret doing that accent see do you see what I mean it's like I'm not in the groove yet so I just feel like ew gross but we're gonna do a little story time episode because I have been thinking of all these random like childhood memories that um I've just been kind of compiling and so I wanted to just I wanted to just sit down and and walk you through my childhood trauma together it's not it's not traumatic well (laughs) it is but like in like a silly in a haha silly way not in like a um not in like a sad not in a sad way, you know what I mean? But before we get into that, let's jump into our Pass the Ox song of the week. Um, what songs have I been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of sad songs, okay? Because as we all know, I'm very heavily affected by the weather. And when it's dark and gloomy and sad out, I have to listen. I have to listen to that and I have to respect that. And so I've been listening to a lot of like a sad kind of alternative music I'm in my alternative era and it it obviously didn't help that Noah Khan released new music recently so that's been kind of on loop but recently I've been listening to a hot new song from 2014 (laughs) by Hosier uh work song this has been like all over my for you page I think it's like kind of trending or I'm just on like a really sad glum part of TikTok right now both could be true because normalize having two things be true at the same time uh and I've just been like loving this song and I don't think I ever had heard it before like I don't think I was listening to it in 2014 so that's been good that's a nice a nice song to just kind of like get you in your feels but it's a really it's a really really good song um and now we'll do peak and valley of the week Mm, what a week this has been not really because we're only halfway through the week when I'm recording this but my the peak of the week has been two things number one I started to get really heavily into Wordle I started to get really heavily that doesn't make any sense I started to get back into Wordle with like such a strong passion and fury behind me like I'm eat pray loving Wordle right now it's just like kind of everything to me more and I think this this is going to really slip into my valley of the week which is that I'm struggling to find a will to live I'm kidding relax but um so it's fun to have something to look forward to every day when you don't have a purpose in your day-to-day life and so I'm loving wordle is what I'm getting at and you know saying that like stringing all of those words together in a cohesive thought out loud is jarring it is and it's something that I'm not proud of but it's it's kind of where I'm at so Wordle has definitely been up there and then I also uh reconnected with one of my friends from college on Monday and I hadn't seen her in like three years and that was amazing so just some just some fun fun times my valley though I would say for sure is I am mm, I don't want to say 
it's weird. It's been a weird, it's a weird time. I'm just hating. I'm hating LinkedIn. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Maddie hates LinkedIn. I hate it. And I spend so much time on it and it's just gross. And I hate this whole process and I hate looking for jobs. And that just starts to really get at you at some point in time. And when these bitches have the audacity to freaking, they post these jobs. I apply to the job. They email me back a couple of days later. Oh, we've moved forward in a different direction. Um, that's so interesting because I'm still seeing the listing is on your, on your website. So what direction have you moved in? Obviously not forward with me, which is great. That's 100% your loss. And I'm like totally of that mindset. Believe me, like no one has to convince me of that. It's just like, this is getting old. Like, let's move on. Someone give Maddie a job. This is like not that hard in my personal opinion. Like it should not be that hard for someone to just be like, oh yes, you were clearly the right candidate. You know what I mean? So we're just kind of over that at this point in time, but we can move on. We can kind of dive into, I'm trying to think of, is anything going on in the world right now that's like pertinent at all? Probably so, probably so much. And I can't think of a GD thing. I can't think of anything that's going on in the world right now. The submarine, we know how that ended. Um, that That's come and gone at this point in time. Then uh, after that, what was it? Some other probably really horrible and, and tragic things I'm sure have have occurred in the last week or so, but we don't have to talk about that. We can talk about what's exciting. Oh, you know what's exciting? Olivia Rodrigo has new music coming out this week. That's so exciting. And I'm always looking forward to that literally always. And, uh, speaking of Taylor's version comes out in like a weekend change. Also very exciting. Oh, and it's the 4th of July coming up for my American peeps, my fellow American peeps, I should say. Uh, and that's always a good time to eat a hot dog I found. So looking forward to that, even though I've I've eaten several hot dogs this year, which is like, I don't know, maybe that's like another measure of like how I'm doing mentally. It's like how many hot dogs have I consumed before, even before July 1st, like that feels like it's not like a crazy amount, but it's more than I would like to admit. Do you know what I mean? And that's just like kind of where I'm at right now. So let's just jump into these stories. Um, I'm trying to think if they go in any particular order. Like, should we do chronological? I guess it doesn't really matter. Let me find them. This one in my notes app is titled getting my ears pierced dot 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 or not. So this is like a fun little mystery. Did I get my ears pierced or did I not get my ears pierced? I didn't there spoiler alert okay so I when I was in I don't even know how old I was probably like third grade so I was what like eight maybe eight ish my best friend my childhood best friend at the time my my best friend from childhood at the time was she got her ears pierced and I was like because she got her ears pierced I was like I want to get my ears pierced obviously this is this kind of circles back to something that I discussed last week which was sushi. And I know what you're thinking. What is this parallel? And that's totally fair, but just follow my thread here. I said last week, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, that sushi and eating sushi, the consumption of fish slash sushi aligns very heavily with me aesthetically, right? I like to think that people would look at me and be like, yeah, that bitch loves sushi. Is that weird? Sure. Yeah, no, totally, totally fair. And I can accept that. But when I was in third grade, I was like, I am a cool girl. And to me, cool girls have their ears pierced. So like 
I do align with aesthetically having my ears pierced. What I did not align with at the time was any type of pain ever at all and putting myself in any type of situation where I knew I would be in pain because why would you do that? And also I was a child, right? So it's like, that's scary knowing that you're going to get a fucking needle in your ear because I hated shots as a kid and still do kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but I like, who likes it? No one likes it. Also, tangent but it's my podcast so who's gonna stop me did you guys ever have that person in like middle school or high school that was like I like love getting shots like I don't know it's like such a good pain what you fucking masochist what are you are you okay in the head like what a weird thing to say and also like probably a lie there's no way you enjoy it because you can be fine and tolerate it and be like yeah whatever it doesn't it doesn't really face me but to be like I love get shut up shut up and grow up. That's so gross. Anyways, (laughs) anyways, I was not looking forward to the pain part of getting my ears pierced naturally. Now I can't remember if my, if my friend came with me to get my ears pierced or what, but my mom took me and my mom had been wanting me to get my ears pierced for so long. I don't know why. But she was like, I think it was, no, I do know why, actually. I think her mom didn't let her get her ears pierced for, like, a long time. So she was, like, very much like, no, whenever you want to get your ears pierced, like, you can get your ears pierced. And so she was so excited when I, like, woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to get my ears pierced. And she was like, this is amazing. And we went to Claire's later that day. um, And I, (laughs) and I sat down in the chair and I was terrified. I was so scared. They have you hold the little teddy bear. And the girl comes over. Also, like with anything, I think just the lead up and like the anticipation building up to the moment is so much worse than the moment itself, like for sure. And with getting your ears pierced or like sometimes I felt this way when I got my first tattoo too, because it's like, there's so much like preps that goes into it and you're just like sitting there and she's like putting the stencil on you and she's like, you know, cleaning your arm or this is for tattoos. Obviously I didn't get my arm pierced, relax. Um, But like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just such a like weirdly not long process, but it's just kind of like tedious. And there's like all these steps and you're like, oh my God, I just wanted to get it fucking over with. And so I remember sitting there and most people at this point in time around my age that had gotten their ears pierced, they would get both pierced at the same time. So they would have like two employees that were working come over and like they would pierce it at the same time. So that way you didn't have to like sit through one and then wait and then sit through the other because especially for kids, it's like if you get the first one done and you hate it and you're miserable and you're crying, that's not going to turn out well because you're going to be so afraid to get the second one pierced. And so I wanted that to happen because I, my friend who had just gotten her ears pierced, that's what she did. She had two people do it at the same time and there was not two employees working, unfortunately. So I had to get one, I had to have it just one at a time. And I think that mentally just like kind of sent me over the edge a little bit. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is just like double the pain in my mind. And so she gets like, she's like cleaning my ear, whatever she's marking it. And I'm like looking at it in the mirror. Like if I like it, I had picked out my earring and everything, like going through the whole process. And at the last second I decide, "Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. not for me, I'm not doing this right now. And I just, I said, shut it down, shut the operation down. We're not doing this right now. And I had a full blown mental breakdown in Claire's and who hasn't been there. Right. And the best part about this for me was 
the lifelong damage that it did to the relationship between me and my mother. I'm kidding. I know she's listening to this. I'm kidding, mom. But it was, she was so mad at me. My mom was so mad at me because I had like made the employee go through like doing everything basically, except for actually piercing my ear. And my mom was so mad at me for like wasting the woman's time that we went to, <laughs> we went to um, Panera afterwards with my little brother. I think he, yeah, he must've been with us, which is like so funny to me that his just little toddler self was like watching me have a breakdown. And we went to Panera after and my mom got my brother a cookie because it was like the afternoon and she got him a cookie. And I was like, just sitting there with my eyes like bloodshot because I had just been sobbing in Claire's again who hasn't been there and and the woman <laughs> the cashier at Panera was like oh anything for you and to me and I was like um and my mom was like no <laughs> nothing for her and I didn't get a cookie because I didn't get my ears pierced so that was fun but it's a fun it's a fun kind of like full circle turnaround moment that we've had because I did end up getting my ears pierced. I probably a few, just a few years after that. It wasn't, I don't think it was that much later. And then over COVID, I ended up piercing my own ears, my double and my triples um, by myself with like a $8 piercing kit that I got on Amazon. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Although I was kind of like, isn't there a scene from the office where he's like, have I ever been hunting? Yeah. <laughs> and he like... <laughs> He like shot the animal like once and then just like watched it bleed out for hours because like he didn't want to shoot it again. Like that's me. Like I was prolonging. Maybe I am a masochist because I was sitting there during COVID with this piercing gun. And I remember I didn't want to tell my parents that I was piercing my own ears because they would have been like, oh my God, it's going to get infected. Like this is going to be so horrible. But my one of my friends had bought this exact same kit and like had pierced her ears and they were totally fine. So I was like, I like, I was like, I trust it, whatever. And I remember <laughs> I had to do it when I was home alone because I didn't want my parents to, to know until like after I'd done it and it was fine. And so I, I had a dentist appointment. This is so random. I had a dentist appointment at like one, I was going to have to leave at like 1230 for my dentist appointment. And at like 12, I'm like, this is the time I should pierce my ears. Like it's now or never. Cause no one was home in the middle of the day. And I was like, and this is also great because it forces me to do it because I literally have to leave the house at 1230 for my dentist appointment. So I'm like, this is perfect. And I break out the little gun and I like start to pierce my ear. And I just like, I did it in the worst way possible. Like I was just like so slowly, like I would go up to my ear. I would like push it through halfway. Stop. That's painful. What am I doing? I'm just like stabbing myself over and over and over again when I could have just could have just been a one and done type of situation. But they ended up coming out so good and I still have both of them in. Um, so that's amazing. And they didn't get infected, which is great. Except I remember when I went to the dentist that day, I had like literally pierced about like the last second, like fully gotten them through my ears. And they were obviously bright red because I had, you know, just stabbed through skin. And I got to the dentist and um, she, like the hygienist commented on it. She's like, oh, your ears are so red. And I was like, oh, I just got them pierced. But I like awkwardly didn't want to tell her that like I just got them. <laughs> I just pierced them myself literally 20 minutes ago. So I was like, oh, I just got them pierced yesterday. And she's like, oh, those might be infected. Like they definitely shouldn't be this red like 24 hours after the fact. And I was like, huh. Thanks so much for the heads up. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, yeah, no, we're good. We're actually so fine. And we were. And then, yeah, so I got, I ended up piercing my ears myself. So I did get over my fear. And I also, 
now have uh, several tattoos, which is fun because that was something I never thought I'd be able to to get past the pain of. And it was great because I think for so long, everyone in my family like knew that I wanted to get a tattoo. And I think none of them believed that I would actually go through with it because they thought I'd be so afraid of the pain. And look at me now, bitch. Um, sorry, mom. Okay, moving on. This one's titled Brazilian Soccer Coach Who Abandoned Us. I... <laughs> I've told this story on TikTok before, like years ago, but in elementary school, it was probably also in third grade, third grade, apparently a traumatic year for me. I had, I played soccer as a kid and I had this soccer coach in the spring, random detail that no one needed to know this. I had a soccer coach and he was this grown man, which, okay, that, that checks out this grown um, Brazilian man. And I say Brazilian because, well, because he was first of all, but, um, also because in case you're not familiar with how seriously other countries take football slash soccer, if you will, um, this was like a Brazilian man who had like grown up on playing soccer in Brazil and obviously took it very seriously and like knew, knew what the fuck was up when it came to football, soccer, football soccer if you will um and he he wasn't anyone's dad which was interesting because at this point in time most of my I'm sorry all of my coaches for everything were like someone's parent on the team like the parent of a child on the team or like related to someone on the team in some way shape or form and this man was not not the parent of anyone on our team which was just kind of like weird Cause it's like, how did you get here? And like, who, who thought you signing up to coach third grade girl soccer was like a normal and okay thing to do kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, in hindsight, I don't know if that would, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Right. But he was, he was a scary, scary man to me because he was like so intense and like I said, took soccer very, very seriously. And he just, he's one of those people, you know, you probably had like a teacher that like was so smart and like obviously knew what the fuck they were talking about, but like was really bad at teaching it. You know what I mean? Cause like they can't dumb it down and they can't understand that people don't know everything that they know. He was kind of like that. Like he took it so seriously and he was so intense and he obviously knew what he was talking about. But like we are at the end of the day, third grade girls, like we don't know what do you like what do you mean you know so I remember we were at practice one day I think it was like a Saturday or a Sunday and we had this practice at this field at a school and our parents dropped us off as usual and left us with the coach right and so we had this practice and halfway through the practice he got really mad at us okay He was like, I remember he was like making us run laps too, which like in hindsight, chaotic. We, I can't stress enough how much we were third grade girls. Like in my mind, we were basically three months old at this point in time. Like, and you're making us run laps for what? Literally for what? To improve our our endurance. No one has more energy than third graders. Are you kidding? Like, what do you mean? Anyways, he like was making us run laps and he was just being very like, Like he would get so mad when we didn't do things right and we didn't do anything right because we were, stay with me, third grade girls. Anyways, anyways, he got like so mad at us for like not doing something that he was like, I'm leaving. Okay. 
So this man who is responsible for all of our well-beings single-handedly in this moment just up and leaves practice, like simply walks across the field, gets into his vehicle and pieces the fuck out. And that was kind of, (laughs) we were all just like looking at each other like, what the, well, what do we do now? And we were on this like, just kind of, especially now that I have consumed as much true crime as I have to leave a pack of children just like out in the open on this field actually so chaotic and crazy and I don't know who thought that was ever a good idea well apparently he did he thought it was a good idea um anyways he yeah so he left and none of us had phones at the time because we were in third grade so it was like it was an awkward age to like leave us by ourselves and none of our parents were there so we all just kind of waited until like I think it was probably only like 10 or 15 minutes before like the first parent got there. And then obviously like that parent waited until everyone else got there. But it was, it was, it was so crazy to think about just like being like, I'm actually done. Like this is actually like, I'm all set. And the fact that it was because we like weren't doing something right. Soccer skill wise is even more chaotic. Um, But that could be where I developed abandonment issues. I'm kidding. I don't have abandonment issues. Um, so yeah, so that, that did happen. And that was kind of like scarring. I think I have so much, I think we all probably, if you were like an avid sports player as a child, you definitely have something going on trauma wise with that, because it's just like, I don't, it's, it's like a lot. Like I remember I had a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader one year in like third, in literally in third grade, no, fourth grade, maybe it was around, it was around the same point in time. I was a cheerleader and the cheerleading coaches were these two high school girls that did like cheerleading at my town's high school. And they were so horrible. One of them was really nice. Actually, the other one was like, so wretched. She was horrible. Like she was mad that we couldn't all do like front tucks and back handsprings and we're like girl we're eight what do you how do we what do you mean what do you mean and she would like leave she would get so mad at us and like leave and just like psychologically that can't be good for children to like be constantly seeing all these adults be mad at them for not being able to do something and run out and leave I don't know something going on there maybe I'm a child psychologist who's to say um so yeah, that was pretty scarring. I actually have another soccer related story, believe it or not. Um, and it, this one was when I was way younger. This is, I just were British soccer coaches. Yeah. I was, why did I have so many soccer coaches that were from other countries that take it so much more seriously? Like that just seems backwards to me in a, in a weird way. So I had a, I had a, I think I was in like kindergarten. I was little, I was like five and I went to this like soccer thing and it wasn't because at that point it, when you're that young, you're not like on teams. You know what I mean? It was kind of just like a we all get together and like kick the ball around and like learn how to kick the ball and pass. And you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't like we were playing games really. But we showed up to this and I like vividly remember this. It was all of us. And I think it was probably like co-ed too. So it was just like a ton of kindergarten age children. And then these like six or seven British men that were teaching us how to play soccer. And I remember being so afraid of their accents. Oh my God, not me being 
xenophobic i literally i literally remember being petrified because i was like why are they talking like that and this is fine because i was five okay i didn't know any better i was like so scared of them i started crying but to be fair i did cry at everything up until well i guess there hasn't been an end to that but especially when i was little i was crying at everything i used to have panic attacks in the bathroom at school all the time when i was in like first grade that was my first panic attack, actually. Do you guys want to hear about it? <laughs> this is not me fully turning this into trauma dumping. When I had my first panic attack, I was in first grade and I was, my first grade teacher was a godsend. I loved this woman. Um, she was like the best teacher I ever had, hands down. And she loved me. Like I was for sure one of her favorite students and she like didn't really try and hide it, which was kind of iconic. Um, but she... I had, I used to have really, really, really bad separation anxiety from my mom. And so I would like cry like all the time because I missed my mom. And I remember I was like in the bathroom at school in first grade and my like teacher had to come in and like calm me down because I was hyperventilating and nothing has changed. And I'm still always having panic attacks in bathrooms, literally always because because it's so important to stay true to your roots and I actually firmly believe that at the end of the day like you know the, that saying that's like you rock don't change like I really took that to heart and I said okay I rock so I'm never gonna stop having panic attacks in bathroom and I live in, ba- in bathroom and I live by that actually uh then we have old navy field trip this is a good one I also talked about this recently on TikTok so sorry if you're hearing this for the second time but I can kind of go into depth here so I was I went to this camp. This camp in and of itself was like such a journey and a voyage and like what was going on, I don't know. It was at like um it was at it was at the same field that I was abandoned at actually. <laughs> Crazy how full circle things come. But I was at this camp that I would go to like every summer. I think it was only three summers. So that's actually being super dramatic, but it was really fun. It was like three weeks long and you would go to this. It wasn't a sleepaway camp. It was just like a day camp and you would go to this camp and it was just like a town rec camp. So it was just like so many people from school were there, which was fun because obviously over the summer you're not seeing everyone as much and you just like played games and like you went to these like different stations and stuff, but it was very like chill. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a good vibe. What was the point of this story? I'm totally forgetting it. Oh, so you had like a camp counselor that you, you know, that was responsible for you. And this one year in particular, but you did everything by grade. So even though you had like a certain camp counselor and like you had like a smaller group, you would go to like all the different like stations and everything like by grade, which was fun because you got to like be with everyone. And I had this one year, I remember all of the boys in my grade were acting like little demon terrors. Like they were so bad. Like they were so rude to the camp counselors. Like they would never do what they were supposed to be doing. They were just like the camp counselors worst nightmare. And we, the girls obviously were not because they were precious little angels. And they ended up like one day we show up at camp and we everyone when we got when we when you got to camp you just like got in your big group and we're just kind of like you would just kind of chill where you get dropped off for a little bit and I remember we were chilling there before we like were going to our first station for the day and the camp director came over and like called off a bunch of us by name and it was like basically all the girls and like a few boys that hadn't been 
little pricks to everyone. Um, and they were like, you guys stay here. And then everyone else like in our grade went to like their station. So it was just like this group of us chilling at the little station where we got dropped off. And we were like, what's going on? And we were like, are we in trouble? Cause that's scary. And he, <laughs> the guy goes, so you guys are going on a field trip today. And we're like, what, what do you mean? Cause we had field trips at this camp, but like there wasn't one scheduled for that day. So we were so confused. And then a school bus pulls up and we all get onto the school bus and we don't know where we're going. Okay. We do not know where we're going. And this had all been run by our parents. I, th- I think, um, like, so it wasn't, it wasn't scary, but it was kind of like where, like what's going on. And obviously our minds are running because we are children that are getting whisked away on like a private field trip. So like in my mind, I'm like, we're going to a water park. Like we're going to like the zoo. We're going to the coolest place ever. And we're going to have like a VIP experience. And then shocker, we pull up to old Navy and we're like, why are we at Old Navy? And this was at the mall in my town. There was an Old Navy. And we like got to go in the employee entrance of it, which was like weird. And we, we walked through the employee entrance, like into like the back of the store and we're so confused. And they said that we could all get, pick out something in the store that was white. And then Um, we also each got a pair of old Navy flip-flops that literally used to be like a dollar. Remember? Uh, we also got to, so we picked out a pair of flip-flops and we picked out something that was white, which in hindsight sounds like fully something that was, they were going to perform like a satanic ritual with us, but they didn't luckily. And what we were doing is we were tie dyeing whatever the white thing was that we picked out, which was so fun. I think I did a tank top or something and they had set up this entire like tie dye activity in the back of the store where it was employees only and also at this point in time it was so early in the morning that the store wasn't open so we were like roaming around old navy like just us which was kind of sick always and we were just kind of vibing and then we tie-dyed these whatever we had and then just like simply went back to camp like an hour later and it was so it was just so random and I'm sure what it was was that one of the camp counselors probably worked at Old Navy and it was like I'm sure that's that's how that happened but it was just like the most bizarre random thing to happen ever and it has always stuck out of my mind as like why did I ever go on a field trip to Old Navy not that it wasn't fun but just like why did that happen I feel like that's so important that we kind of circle back to that always uh okay then we have going on a Catholic game show Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm yeah this is something that happened something that you might not know about me is I as a child was in a choir I was in a children's choir at my church so I would go to church every single week and I would have to go early because it's part of the children's choir and I would sing my little heart out every single Sunday at 9 30 in church and I thought at the time that was my key to becoming the next Hillary Duff because obviously, but my point is, is that I had a friend who was also in the children's choir with me, who's like mom also like worked at the church. It was, you know, they were very, they were very, very churchy. They loved church and the mom, I guess, somehow got, was able to get like her daughter onto this Catholic game show. Okay. And I was invited to go with them. And this was to me my big break. Like nothing could have convinced me that I wasn't going to become 
a Disney Channel star after my, this was in third grade. Genuinely, I'm not even kidding. What happened in third grade? So much. I, I, so we, okay, I don't even know how to begin talking about this. So we, we're going on this game show and I'm stoked because I'm thinking like, this is fully my big break. This is great. We, I remember her mom drove us in to the show. It was in Boston. And so she picked me up and drove us in and we get there and they're like explain we're like at this catholic television studio for the catholic channel and they're telling us like the rules of the show and everything and it was like a game show i have very very little recollection of like what the game show was but like they would ask you questions like what would jesus do if he blah 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 and you would like raise your hand and there was like three or four people kids up there at a time that would like raise their hand and you would get a point every time you answered a question correctly and I I was on this I and I was there and I was on the show and I remember the one that I was in the round that I was in uh, we tied somehow like we all got points but we all tied And so none of us got a prize because they didn't have enough prizes, which that was fucked up in hindsight. I've said in hindsight 3000 times, I'm aware of it. Stop. I know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So I didn't even get a fucking prize, which was really annoying to me at the time because I was like, well, okay, I still got some points. I should get something. I should be compensated for my time in some way, shape or form. And I remember I ended up having to do like we wrote about it. I wrote about it in my class. Like the next week we had to write about like what we did that weekend or something. I don't know, something like that. And I remember I wrote about it and I was like, I'm ready for my close up. And that is, I think my villain origin story. And then I watched myself on TV and clearly that flipped a switch for me um, where I thought, okay, I need to constantly be recording myself. I need to be on all the screens always. And that has, I don't think that stuck with me at all. I don't No, I don't, that doesn't sound like me. Anyways, um, yeah, so that was, that was an interesting time. And then it became kind of like a, something I would use as an icebreaker. Like I was on a Catholic game show, which now is just even funnier looking back as I, I don't personally identify as being Catholic anymore. And it's like, why, what, first of all, what was this show? Okay, on their website, it's described as, uh, it says kids show off their knowledge of the Catholic faith in this fast-paced game show. I don't recall it being fast-paced, and believe it or not, it is apparently still on TV today. That, to me, is crazy. I don't understand what the point of it is, but looking back, having a Catholic TV show feature all these children is raising a few eyebrows, but that's neither here nor there. Anyways. Um, yeah, so that was my, that was my public television, not public television. Is it public? Probably public television debut. I clearly have always loved the spotlight and I did whatever it took to get in it and including, but not limited to going on a Catholic game show for children. Wow. That's crazy. That is so crazy. And I just like also, cause I went to church every week because I liked singing. Cause I also wanted to be in the spotlight at church. Obviously I said, Oh, what are you talking about? Jesus. Okay. Let me make this about me. But I like, wasn't really that in, I feel like I can't even say this cause I was clearly going to church every week, but I like, wasn't that re- religious then either. 
like I feel like so it's but the girl that I went with and like her mom who like set all this up like they were very religious so it was just kind of a whirlwind experience but wow crazy crazy to think about I was and always have been a reality tv show star at my core okay next up we have performing the cotton-eyed joe at a talent show (laughs) this is like this one is concerning because I realized recently that this was the most delusional thing that I've ever done was think that the Cotton Eye Joe required any ounce of talent. Like that is alarming kind of. And like someone probably should have like told me straight to my face like what was going on. But no one, no one did. No one, no one pointed me in the right direction with that. I was actually in a lot of talent shows because at my core, I've always thought that I have a lot of talent, which is fu- which is funny because the talent that I was displaying at the time is not a talent that I possess. I cannot sing. I cannot dance. I just, those are things that I can't do and I definitely can't do them well. So the audacity that I had, or maybe it was just pure delusion and confidence, either way, either way is just kind of shocking, but I was in the talent show in literally third grade why what happened to me in third grade I remember this so vividly because I did this talent show act with my next door neighbor who was a year older than me and she was in fourth grade at the time so we signed up for the talent show and we were like we obviously need to do the cotton eye joe because we are dancing queens first and foremost to be honest. And we just are really good at our craft, our craft being, of course, performing the Cotton Eye Joe. And the thing about the Cotton Eye Joe is, in case you're unfamiliar, it's it's a silly little dance that goes to a very, very silly song that I think actually has a very, very dark meaning behind it, which hating that even more. It's just like a loaded, it's a loaded song, I believe. But it I was, I, why did we think that that was something that people needed to see? It's basically one of those songs that they would play at like people's sweet 16s that would get everyone going because everyone knows the the moves. The moves are very much not complex. If, if we're all being honest with ourselves, it's like a tap of the foot, a tap of the foot. You, you're tapping your feet a lot and kind of jumping up and down. And then you do a little do-si-do action. I don't know if that's what it's called. You do a little twirl, you clap, and you go back and you do it all over again. It's one of those. So it has like five moves just kind of strung together and repeated for an entire song, which feels excessive, right? Um, but I thought we thought to ourselves like we have to perform this for the talent show because this is our talent, the Cotton Eye Joe. And I remember we wore like cowgirl outfits we were wearing like jeans and I think like white t-shirts and we had bandanas like red bandanas around our neck and then cowgirl hats maybe cowboy boots who's to say not me actually I could because I know that I have a picture of this somewhere um and we got up there and we did the con I Joe and we kind of were like how do we how do we put our own spin on this right like what would the cheetah girls do kind of and we had like one one part where like I would have a solo, but doing the same thing, doing the Cotton Eye Joe still. And and my friend who I did it with would was just kind of standing with like her arms out, like, like, you know, kind of presenting me, if you will. And I would do it myself. And then I, once I was done, I would, I would do the same thing to her and I would have my arms out presenting her and she would do her solo. 
But all in all, at the end of the day, it was still just us doing the exact same dance over and over and over again for just way too long. And I remember being really proud of that and thinking, I'm going to win this talent show. And believe it or not, this wasn't a talent show that you could win. So I don't know how I thought that was going to kind of go down. And there was all these other ones that all these other acts that were so much better than ours. And we kind of like knew that, but you know, I was clearly suffering from a delusion at the time where I was like, this is, again, this is my big break. I've just always been at my core an attention whore. And I think it's really important that we kind of recognize that like, this isn't new for me. And it's actually very ironic that I'm sitting here telling these stories about me being an attention whore on a podcast that I convinced myself people needed to hear of just my voice and me talking all the time. This feels like a spiral moment, but we're not going to let it get there. Next up we have, I think, and I know I've told this story on here before, so just bear with me if you will, but okay. This one's from sixth grade. So we're graduating and, uh, this is almost drowning when I almost drowned at camp, but it wasn't like camp, like a summer camp. This was a camp that we had to go to in sixth grade, which was horrifying looking back. And I, Sometimes, do you ever look back at things that you did when you were a kid and you're like, how was I not shitting my pants all the time thinking, like doing that? You know what I mean? That's how I feel about Camp Squanto, which is what it was called. And it was horrible. It was a camp that we all had to go to in sixth grade. Our whole sixth grade class went and we stayed there for a week overnight in these tents, in literal tents. It was miserable and horrible and the weather was always and we stayed at at this like campground. It was very, it was very outdoorsy. And it, and that is something that it was. But the first day that you got to Camp Squano, you had to take a swim test because there was a lake, which like, I don't even want to think about what was in this lake. I'm not a lake girl. I'm very much an ocean girl. Lakes kind of skeeve me out a little bit. And this one definitely fit the bill in terms of like skeeve. And I, but you had to get in and take this swim test so that they could determine what level of swimmer you were because that would determine what activities you could do that were like water-based for the whole week. And so I could swim. I could, (laughs) you're going to have to take my word for it after this story, but I could swim well, not well, but like I, you know, like I could swim, like it was fine. And there was all these like different levels that you could be. So like, if you just like went in and put your foot in the water, you were like, the the first level like level one and then the second level was like you could jump in and jump out or something and then the the third level like the expert level I guess was you had to jump in swim to one end of this dock and then turn around and swim back to the other end of the dock and that was like the advanced level and everyone obviously wanted to get the advanced level because that meant that you could do anything on the water so you could get a kayak or a canoe or um, a rowboat and like go anywhere on the lake and and do all those things so there was all these like limitations of what you could and couldn't do based on what level you were And so this was one of the things that they like had us do right when we first got there because it kind of set us up for the rest of the week. So like we get there and we all get into our bathing suits to go take this swim test and everyone is kind of doing it all at once, which is chaotic because it's like one tiny little dock that we're all kind of like going down and taking turns doing the swim test. There's probably like 10 or 15 people doing it at a time. And then like they would go do it and then get out and then the next people will go. But everyone's kind of huddled around watching. Okay. 
That's key here. And so we went down. So I, it was my turn to go. I jump in the water with everyone else in my, like in the group that I was in swim down to the end. Obviously I'm totally fine because as previously stated, I do know how to swim at my core and I go to turn around when I get to the end of the dock and naturally, cause I'd, sw- I'd swam, swam, I'd swam, swam and a lot of pools. Okay. And in pools, when you get down to the end of the pool and you turn around to go down to the other end, you would kick off the side of the pool, you know, give yourself a little boost. And I went to do that, but wait, the thing that I was trying to kick off of is a floating dock. So it's just on top of the water. There's nothing underneath the water for me to kick off of. So I go to kick off the dock and what ends up happening is I completely go backwards because I had put all my force into this kick behind me that I slipped under, so embarrassing, I slipped under the dock. And that really freaked me out because I am very claustrophobic. And and also, I mean, that's just drowning at its core. So like who wouldn't be terrified of that? So I start freaking out. And then the lifeguard <laughs> has to come over and remove me from the water. And that was downright humiliating. And I hated every single second of it. That was that was because everyone's everyone is standing around looking at us and also I remember my friends were like so confused because they knew I could swim so they were like what the f-? like what happened like how did why did you need to get rescued from the water and that's a great question and I remember being like oh I don't like I was probably trying to come up with some excuse as to like why it happened but it was really freaking embarrassing and then like the lifeguard was like are you okay like making like such a big scene I mean as he should have because I was a child that was like a very apparently drowning. Um, and I probably was not giving the impression that I knew how to swim in any capacity. So then I didn't get the most advanced level of swimmer. I got like the intermediate one because I had at least jumped in the water and swam one part of it. So then all of my friends got to go in canoes for the rest of the week because they had all gotten their advanced level. And that was like the cool thing to do was get in a canoe and canoe to the other side of the lake. And everyone, it's all the cool kids were doing it. And I wanted to do it so bad, but the only thing I could get in was this stupid rowboat and it had to be with someone else. (laughs) It's so sad. I had to be a little rowboat loser and I was, and it was like, that was all people were excited to do because like the lake was like the coolest thing at this camp. Also, I participated in a talent show at camp, which like it is, I guess it's kind of refreshing to know that I have always been this way. That's kind of a nice comforting, like I, I was Alexa play born this way. Cause I was, I was born this way. Just thinking I had talent oozing and seeping out of my pores and that I had to share it with the world. Cause that's kind of like my responsibility as like such a talented person. Like I got up and I sang in front of my entire grade and I did that for what? Just to show them I had a talent and guess who wasn't good at singing? Spoiler alert, me. Anyways, I hope you guys have enjoyed this little story time episode. Um, I hope that you are following the podcast on Instagram at parkourcombos.pod. You can always DM me on there to let me know what you want to hear from me and follow me on TikTok at Matt underscore Mitch. It's linked in the show notes because that's where you can find me most of the time. Um, But yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.